Welcome to the Bridge to God's Word podcast with Carla Unseth, a linguistic consultant for missionaries working in Bible translation. We invite you to visit us at www.bridgetogodsword.org to learn more about Carla's ministry. Now, here's linguistic consultant Carla Unseth. This is Carla Unseth with Building a Bridge to God's Word. And today we're going to talk a little bit about Bible study methods. So if you'll remember way back, I think, in October, when I ended the podcast series on the process of translation, I told you I would talk a little bit about a Bible study method that you can use to study your Bible on your own. So then, of course, we had the holidays in there, and I hope you enjoyed the Advent podcasts. But now I'd like to go back to that. And it's a great privilege for us to have the Bible available to us in so many forms and so many versions. And as Christians, it's just so important that we utilize those resources and we dive into studying the Bible on our own. But I think that sometimes people are a little intimidated because they're not sure how to do that. So I wanted to give you a method that you can use to study your Bible on your own. And I'll give you an overview in this podcast. And then in the next few episodes, I will actually work through a passage so you can kind of see how it's put into practice. So since my theme is building a bridge to God's word, I'm going to show you a method that kind of uses as a bridge as an illustration to help you understand how to study the Bible. It starts with communication. And whenever you communicate, we are building a bridge of understanding between two people. One person has their context and their idea kind of comes out of that context. And then they communicate that idea. That's kind of the bridge itself using words, body language, and even their knowledge of the other person to bridge the gap between them and the other person and communicate meaning. So when we read the Bible, we can use the same idea of a bridge, building a bridge of understanding. In the case of the Bible, on one side, on one bank of the river, if you want to call it that, is the cultural context into which the original meaning was written. So the time frame that the people, that the original author lived and who they were writing to, that all goes into that original meaning. But then on the other side of the river is us with our worldview, our understanding of life, our cultural context. So when we study the Bible, we can think about bridging that gap building a bridge between their context and ours. So the basic idea is that you want to understand what it meant for them. You want to understand the kind of overarching principles that bridges the gap between their context and ours. And then you want to understand the application. So how does it apply to our context, to our lives now? So you have observing the text on their side, interpreting the text, and then on our side of the river, apply it to your situation. So let's take a little closer look at how to do each of these steps. How do you observe a text? What things can you look for that will help you understand that basic meaning of the text, what, what it would have meant to them when it was written? So when you were in school, you probably learned the five W's, five questions you can ask for basic information gathering, and those questions are a good place to start for studying the text. So those questions are who, what, when, where, and why. 
So start by asking who. Who is in this text? Write down the major characters, the key people, and then look at when. Is there any time mentioned in the text? Time of day, time of year, length of time, anything to do with time. Then look for where. Are there places mentioned? Anything geographical that you can take note of? So these kinds of things are sort of building a basis for you to understand the text. They're kind of building a background knowledge and information of this passage that you're studying with. So then you move into the question, what? And it gets a little bit more complicated because there's multiple things that are part of this question. So you start to look for keys to what the text means. Some keys are repeated words. Often if an author repeats a word, there's particular significance to that concept. Also, you can look at action words. If there's words that just are really strong in meaning or really um, just have action in those words, I mean verbs, but even other words that maybe command action or demonstrate action, they often have significance as well. And then you can also look at how things are linked together. If you understand the relationship between ideas, that's also oftentimes a key to understanding the meaning of the passage. Then, of course, theological terms are significant. Concepts like grace or salvation, those words that are just packed with meaning themselves, those are significant to the meaning of a passage. So those what questions where you're really looking at specific key words, key phrases, kind of also blends in with why, asking the question of why keys to why the passage was written. Sometimes the passage might outright say why it's written. One of my favorite verses is John 20, 31, and that says, these are written that you may believe. So right there, he's got the answer to the question. Why was it written? It was written to help you believe. So it might say why, but it's not always that obvious. But there's often clues in the text, like are there questions? A lot of times an uh, author will use rhetorical questions to really make a point. Are there questions that are also answered? Like there's a passage that says, should we go on sinning that grace may increase? May it never be. So this rhetorical question really points to one of his major purposes of writing the text, that we don't go on sinning in order to increase grace. So anyway, I won't get into that whole understanding of that text, but that question right there introduces a huge point of understanding of what the text means, a huge key to the text. So other things like, does it move up to a climax? Does the text climax at all? Or is there a pivotal statement where you think the text is going one way and then it changes? There's a statement that really turns it around. Those kind of things really help you understand why the text was written. What's the major point? So as you look for those things, as you observe the text, look at those little details, find out the facts about the text, you also make note of questions that you have. A lot of times when you look really deeply, you start to say, hey, what exactly does this mean? What is, what is happening here? What's going on? So make note of those questions and write, write them down. And then in the next phase of study, as you look at interpretation, you can look them up and find the answers to those questions. So when you have these basic ideas of, in your mind, these facts about the text, you can actually even draw a picture of a bridge. And on one side of the bridge, write, what did this mean to them? 
So you don't have a complete picture yet, but see if you can write a statement that explains what the author was trying to communicate in that context. So all of these things that you've been observing, all of these facts about the text are leading you toward interpretation, especially that why question. And interpretation is kind of looking at what are the overarching principles of this passage? What is the author trying to say that not only applies in their context, but to all people everywhere? So in this phase of study, you need to get deeper into the meaning of the passage as opposed to just the facts of the passage. A good place to start is looking back at the questions you had. What were the things that the passage brought up that you thought, what exactly does this mean? And try to find those answers to those questions. And the easiest way to start is by looking at cross-references. So the Bible's consistent throughout. So you can always use the Bible to interpret the Bible. You can use other passages, other areas to help you understand difficult questions. So find other passages or other verses that are on the same subject and see if you can answer your questions. And sometimes it can be kind of hard to do that, to find cross-references, but you can use word searches, look where similar words are. There's other resources too, like a topical index. BibleGateway.com is a great resource for those kind of like topical indexes where you can say, hey, I want to find about this subject. What all, what passages are there that talk about this subject? So those are some ways that you can find cross-references. And then you can also look at commentaries, read books that people have written. Remember that we are standing on the shoulders of giants. There's great theologians, great thinkers that have come before us. So we don't have to find all the answers ourselves. We can go back and look at what other people have written. And you might not have a lot of commentaries or resources that you know of, but think about maybe your church. A lot of churches have a library that has commentaries in it. And even if there's no official library, probably your pastor has some resources you can use. And then, of course, there is the Internet, too. And the Internet has a lot of great resources. You have to be a little bit more careful because you don't always can't trust everything you read on the Internet. But you can look there. And again, places like Bible Gateway might even have commentaries that you can look at. So see what's been written. See what other people are saying about this passage to help you understand, to help you Answer those questions that you have. And once you've answered your own questions, you can begin to look at the overarching broad question is of what is the um, theme of this passage. And one thing specifically that you can look for is to see if there's any elements of Christ or themes of redemption. So the whole Bible points to the work of Christ on the cross in redemption. So part of studying a passage can be seeing how does this point to Christ? Are there any themes that, that point to Christ or any um, sort of echoes of redemption in this passage? And then think about the theme or the central lesson of the passage. So on your picture of a bridge where the bridge itself is, you can say, you can write the question, what is the central lesson of this passage? What is the theme of this passage? And see if you can write that down after doing this kind of study. 
Then the last step is to think about personal application. How does this theme, how does this central lesson relate, first of all, to our culture, and then second of all, to my own life? So I think it's important to think about our culture because different cultures, you know, have different things that they struggle with, different areas of both strength and weakness. So think about your cultural context. How does this passage relate to the context that you live in? But then also think about your particular circumstances. What are you struggling with? What are your areas of weakness? What are your areas of strength? And then how is this passage speaking into those things? And then beyond that, actually write an action plan. How are you going to apply this to your life now? It's not good to just say, oh, this is telling me to love more or something broad like that. Actually think of something very specific about your life that you can do. You know, as a parent, there's things like, okay, rather than saying, I'm just going to love more, saying, you know, I need to speak more kindly to my daughter when she is upset, you know, those kind of things. I don't know. Think of something that's specific and measurable goal of how you're going to put into practice what you have learned. Studying the Bible doesn't have much value if we don't actually put into practice what we are studying. So that's why this is essential, that you actually make an action plan and put into practice the things that you've learned. So this kind of study takes time. It might take you several days to get through a passage, maybe even several weeks. It's not always easy to dive so deeply into a text, but it's so important for our spiritual growth and development. So I hope you can put this method into practice as you study the Bible in your own life. And I hope you'll join us again next time as we actually go through, we actually look at a passage, do this method. It'll give you a chance to practice on your own so that you can do that. So thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward to seeing you next time for Building a Bridge to God's Word. 